0: I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And good morning, we welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. I invite you to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God? You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 41, verses 46 through 57. Genesis 41, verse 46. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities and the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea, very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came which Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of all, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plentiness that was in the land of Egypt were ended, and the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph had said, and the dearth was in all lands. But in all the land of Egypt there was bread, when all the land of Egypt was famished, The people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph. What he saith to you, do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because... And the famine was so sore in all lands. Today we look at Joseph's Gentile bride. The life of Joseph is an amazing story of the providence and power of God. The Bible tells us of the favorite son of Jacob and he's betrayed by his own brothers. He's sold into slavery and as a slave, Joseph demonstrates a godly testimony in the face of tragedy and temptation then Joseph is falsely accused of a crime and then thrown into prison. Even in that Egyptian prison, Joseph displays a clear and consistent testimony of faith. As Joseph languishes in that prison, up in the palace, Pharaoh has a dream, a dream that he could not interpret. Pharaoh remembers that Joseph is in his prison and he can interpret dreams. And Pharaoh then elevates Joseph after he interprets said dream. Now he removes him from prison. He makes him prime minister of Egypt. And we arrive at our text. Joseph has just been exalted to a position of great power and great authority. He has been given Pharaoh's ring. He has been dressed in the finest clothes in the land, and he's been given an expensive gold chain everywhere he goes. The Egyptian people bow before Joseph and honor him for his position and his power. The slave has become a sovereign ruler, and all of this took place in his life because of the unseen hand of divine providence. Now our text brings us immediately after Joseph was exalted to his new position, he was given a bride. And soon after that, a family was born to Joseph there in Egypt. Now I want to take our time today as we study and as we consider Joseph's Gentile bride. In the woman that was given to Joseph, we see a beautiful picture of the bride of Christ. Now, as you study the book of Genesis, there are three brides that stand out as types of the bride of Christ. Let me share them with you now. First, we have Eve. She's a picture of the creation of the church. Adam was placed in a deep sleep, and God removed a rib from his side. Now, Eve was formed from his rib. The church was formed when Jesus died on the cross, and his side was open for us, and we're a product of his sacrificial love. Then you have Rebecca in the scripture, and she's a picture of the calling of the church. Abraham's servant found her in a pagan land and called her to come to be the bride of Isaac. They asked her, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. She left her old life behind. She set out With the servant. It was a long journey through a harsh land, but the servant was with her to encourage her along the way. Eventually, he brought her to Isaac, and they were married in his home. Now, the church was also brought out of a pagan land. The Holy Spirit came to us and called us to come to Christ. We accepted his invitation by faith, and he, we set out on a journey to meet the bridegroom. The way is hard, the way is rough, but the comforter is ever with us to comfort us, to encourage us, and to bless us. And one day, we will reach the end of the journey, and we will meet our bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, in his home in heaven. Now we see Asneth. She's a picture of the coronation of the church. She became the bride of a man who was brought out of a time of humiliation. Her husband was exalted and she was exalted along with him. And she was brought out of obscurity and made to live in a fine place. Now I'm going to try to flesh out all of this in the message, but the bride of Christ was called out of obscurity to share the glory of the heavenly bridegroom. And one day we're going to join him in his heavenly home. Now let's point out some characteristics here about Joseph's Gentile bride. Number one, we purposely have to look at her sinful past. The woman Joseph received as his bride was named Asnath. This name means belonging to the goddess Knife. Nith was known as the mother of the earth of the Delta. She was worshiped as the mother of the Egyptian gods, Isaac, Horus, and Osiris. And this goddess was known as the source of all wisdom. The Egyptians believed that all the other gods would go to Nyth for counsel when they had a dispute among themselves. Asnith was raised to worship false pagan gods. She was the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of all, and his name means given by the sun god. And also known as Heliopolis was one of the most religious and important cities in Egypt, the great temple of Ra. The sun god was there. Now, Ra was depicted as a great falcon wearing a gold disc as a crown. And this temple also housed a sacred bull that was worshiped by the Egyptians. Pharaoh was believed to be the incarnation of Ra and was worshiped as a god. Asnith would have been raised in deep paganism and deep spiritual darkness. Asnith was oblivious to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph. She wasn't aware of God, and even if she had been, she would have cared nothing for it. Now God knew her, and even in her lost condition, God was working to bring her to a place of salvation. And when she married Joseph, her pagan past was blotted out. Now, I have no doubt that Joseph told her all about his God, the true God, the God of all the earth. And surely Joseph introduces Asenath to Jehovah. Now, I have no proof, but I think this woman probably got saved. Asnath is a picture of lost humanity. And like her, every human being is born in the depths of spiritual darkness. We did not know God, and we deserved nothing from God but His judgment and His hell. Now, our condition is cr- uh, clearly revealed in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and as well as in verse 12. This is just a reminder of what we were before we met the Lord Jesus. By the way, it does us good sometimes to look back, it deals a death blow to the self-righteousness and the spiritual snobbery we may have. We need to be reminded of where we came from, and our goodness, our righteousness, nothing but filthy rags before a holy God. And if you're saved today, it's because God delivered you from your sins by his amazing grace. And like Mephibosheth, you and I were wasting away in our Ludomar. And when the king of glory came and fetched us unto himself, in 2 Samuel 9, verses 1 through 13. Now, like Asnath, when we came to Christ and were saved by his grace, our sinful past was forever blotted out. In God's eyes, the bride of Jesus Christ has been justified and glorified, Romans chapter 8 and verse 30. In his eyes, we are spotless and pure today, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27 but then it does us well to notice asenath special place when joseph came out of prison he was elevated to a position of great power and great majesty and he was made to sit at pharaoh's right hand when joseph was elevated his bride was elevated with him asenath was from a prominent pagan family she was the daughter of a well known priest When she became the wife of Joseph, she finds herself the bride of the most powerful man in the land. She didn't achieve this honor on her own. In fact, she had nothing to do with the matter. She was picked out by Pharaoh. She was given to Joseph. In other words, there was no special merit in Asnith. She was merely the object of sovereign choice. Now, nothing is said about Asneth regarding her looks or talents or anything else, and it seems that her husband and not Asneth is the center of attention. It's also worthy of noting that Joseph did not succumb to the polygamous tendencies of the Egyptians, he only took one bride. Again, in all these things, Asneth is a picture of the bride of Christ, and like Asneth, the bride of Christ is the father's gift to his son. John chapter six and verse thirty-seven. Bible says in John chapter fifteen, verse sixteen, every person who is saved by the grace of God was chosen by him handpicked, handpicked for the honor of being in the bride. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 is as well. There's no other explanation for his choice but his grace and his love for the lost. God chose us in Jesus Christ in eternity past. We see that in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. And he called us to come to Christ for salvation. We see that in John chapter 6 and verse 44. When we came by faith, we were saved out of our sins and our lost past was done away with forever. Now, not only did he save us from our sins, he elevated us. He did this in two precious ways. Number one, first, he elevated us by changing our lives. He gave us a new birth and made us into a new creature. He lifted us out of the muck and the mire of our sins and set us on a new pathway of holiness for the glory of God. He changed our lives. And made us alive to the things of God, Ephesians 2 5. And he gave us a new nature. 2 Peter 1 and verse 4. He lifted us out of the mess Adam left us in, and made it possible for us to live lives that are pleasing to God. Again, when we were saved, God puts us in Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 13. Now according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. He lifted us up and made us sit with him in his throne. You see, our Savior, like Joseph, suffered a time of humiliation and rejection. He died and descended into the grave, but he arose again and ascended to heaven, took up his place at the right hand of his heavenly Father, and when we came to him by faith, he lifted us out of our sins and caused us to sit with him. I was a wretched, dirty, rotten sinner, but today I sit in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. And if you're saved, you're as good for heaven as if you're already there. If you're saved, your past is gone and you enjoy blessings of power and the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And our heavenly bridegroom only has one bride. He redeemed her when he died for her sins on the cross. He secured her eternity when he arose from the, from the dead. He has gone ahead to prepare a place for her, John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. And one day soon he will return and claim her unto himself and take her home to the place she already is. And the only way to be part of his bride is for a lost sinner to hear his call to come and for them to trust Jesus by faith, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. When they do that, the Bible declares they are eternally saved. By the way, the focus of this family should be on him. It does not matter who I am. It doesn't matter who you are. All that matters is the Lord Jesus and God his Father. Are you his bride? Now, thirdly, we look at her sovereign part. We're told that Asnath bore Joseph two children. And these two boys were a special gift to Joseph from the Lord. In choosing their names, Joseph acknowledged God's hand at work in his life. Joseph named the first boy Manasseh. The name means forgetting. Joseph tells us that the Lord had allowed him to forget the trials he went through. Joseph named his second son, Ephraim. And this name means twice fruitful. It shows us that, that, that Joseph's faith in the Lord had not wavered at all. In spite of all that he endured, Joseph is still walking by faith now. These two boys would grow up, become heads of the two uh, heads of the uh, two of the tribes of Israel that they, they would replace Joseph and Levi as part of the twelve. Now two things I point out about these names. Manasseh, his name means forgetting. Ephraim means twice, twice fruitful. You will never, in your personal life, you will never have your Ephraim until you have your Manasseh. What do I mean by that? You will never become fruitful, much less twice fruitful, until you get to the place where you forget those things, those trials, those valleys, and you focus on the Lord. What Paul say? I pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. These two boys would grow up, they would become heads of the two of the tribes of Israel. The grace of God had lifted Asnoth out of obscurity and made her a part of God's sovereign plan. She was given a big part in the formation of a nation of the nation of Israel. Again, this is a picture of the bride of Christ. The redeemed saints of God have been made a part of God's plan to bring the world to Himself. And he saved us and called us into His service, Ephesians 2:10. Imagine that. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two and verse 10 that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. The interesting thing about the word workmanship, it comes from the Greek word poema. It's where we get our English word poem from. It means crafted masterpiece. We are the crafted masterpiece of God's grace. Imagine that. He would take things like us and use us for his glory. He had placed his hand on these vessels, and he's placed his spirit within these vessels. And he can use these vessels in ways we've never imagined if we'll only yield ourselves to him. What an honor it is to serve the true and living God. Now he's given us the gospel of grace to take to the lost and dying world. And he's commissioned us to take it to the ends of the earth. We are his bride. We are his masterpiece. We are his love letters to the world. We're living, breathing, moving proof that God loves sinners. We're commissioned and we're commanded to tell this lost world that what the Lord has done for us, he can do for them as well. That is our mandate. That is our calling. That is what God wants us to do. Life changed for Asnith forever when she was presented to Joseph. I'm sure she never imagined that she would be the wife of a prime minister, much less the prime minister of Egypt. She was given an honor above all others. Folks, listen to me, and listen to me well. We are the pride of Christ And Jesus Christ died for us. He loved us enough to do so. And he saved us, and he's letting us be a part of his work in the world today. Sometimes you just have to scratch your head and say, wonder why he would allow me to serve him. Wonder why he would want me to serve him. Wonder why. It's because of his grace, his unmerited favor. His unmerited favor has reached out and touched your life. And made you brand new. Now, let me close by saying this. Do you know him? If you don't know him, would you like to know him? Because you can know him. If he's calling you to come to himself, now would be the best time to do that. Are you serving him? Are you serving him like you should? The hour is growing late, and the time to do something for Christ is now. Aren't you tired of sitting and arguing with the TV and telling everyone how things are going the wrong way? My friend, now is the time to live for Christ. Now is the time to study your Bible. Now is the time to get into the word. Now is the time to grow close to him. Now is the hour to preach his gospel. Now is the hour to tell others about him and to serve him without reservation. Now is this time. It's high time, as Paul wrote, to waken out of sleep. To waken out of slumber and to give your all to the one who gave you his all, to the one that died for you, to the one that gives you every passing breath, to the one that gives you the daily sustenance. We have a beautiful picture here in the Old Testament. About what God has done for us and how God, nothing is happenstance or accident, but God. In, nothing is a just a, an incident with Him. He is the master designer. He's a master planner. Everything that He would bring to pass is illustrated in His dealings with Israel in the Old Testament. And God has laid this out for us. To see that and to, to, to validate He is God and He is our Savior and He wants to be your Lord. Would you come to Him today? Would you come to Christ today? Oh, the hour is growing late. Oh, the time is drawing near. Oh, Jesus is coming soon. Say, Preacher, how did I know about that? You see all the evil being magnified day after day. We've got a sitting government, a sitting administration, who says that it is right to mutilate the bodies of children to change their sex. My friend, I don't know how far that we can go. I don't know how much more God can allow. I don't know how much our prayers can stay. The very judgment of God in this land but i do know i do know one thing i do know one thing if you want to be protected if you want to be shielded in the grace of god you have to come to christ because my friend jesus christ is not a way to heaven jesus christ is the only way to glory would you come to him now Avoid hell for eternity and come to Christ because he has died for your sins so that they can be washed away and you can be born again and saved eternally from the death, the second death being cast into the lake of fire. Come to Christ. Come to him now.